Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome everyone, I'm Tim Haraney, you're listening to the TSN Racing Pod. This is the U.S. Grand Prix Review, and joining me on the show today is uh, Mr. Mark Daly. What's going on, brother? Uh, not not a lot. Uh, it's 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 been an exciting weekend. What a great race we saw on Sunday at the Circuit of the, Amer- the Americas. Yeah, it was pretty good, eh? I mean, um, I wasn't too sure how that one was going to turn out uh, just off off the hop when Carlos Sainz got turned around. And I thought like, oh boy, here we go. Oh, I know, right? Is- I know. <laughs> well, we, we have seen some drama there at turn one at Coda before, but just like yourself, as soon as I saw Carlos spinning around end over end, I thought... Oh boy, here we go. Max is going to get handed this one. He's just going to walk it from here. I mean, eventually he did win it, but it wasn't it wasn't a slam dunk. He had to work for it in the end, and there were there was some drama. There was uh, some things that led, led up to it, but uh, the, he had to had to work for that one, and uh, it was a momentous uh, weekend for for Red Bull. Yeah, and uh, you know we saw George Russell obviously getting to the back of uh, Carlos Sainz. Uh, there and then afterwards, you know, George actually went over to Ferrari and um, apologized to Carlos, which was, uh, you know, it was it was nice to see. But it was good heads up driving from uh, Lando Norris just behind him because I honestly thought he was going to plow right into the back <laughs> of George, <laughs> and that was going to be three of them done. But um, yeah, no, good heads up driving by them, and then also obviously you had the move by uh, by Lance Stroll uh, uh, around. Uh, around the outside to avoid all of the carnage and get himself up into P3. But, um, you know, Daly, where do you want to start with with all this? Oh, boy, there's a lot to unpack for this uh, for, for this race. Well, why don't we just uh, really quickly talk about uh, qualifying? Uh, because, again, we saw a bunch of uh, grid penalties. So what, the way that they they finished up at the end of Q3 wasn't the way that, uh, th- that it worked out in the end. But had there been no grid penalties, we would have seen a Ferrari front row uh, lockout with Carlos Sainz on um, pole. Charles Leclerc uh, lining up in second. Then you had an all Red Bull second row. Then you had all Mercedes third row. And then you had Lance Stroll and Lando on row uh, four, I guess it was. And then Fernando and Valtteri Bottas on row five. But what with all the penalties applied and everything like that, you actually had Carlos and Max lining up on row one. Still had George and, or sorry, Lewis and George lining up uh, and on uh, row two. Then Lance Stroll and Lando on row three. And then on row four, Valtteri Bottas and Alex Albon. Where the heck did Alex come from? And then row five, you had Sergio Perez and Sebastian Vettel. And Seb is another guy we got to talk about because he was looking pretty good uh, during the race there. But again, it was just, uh, you know, when I after qualifying was done on Saturday and then after all the penalties were applied was I had to look there on Sunday when the race got started again because... There was a lot of changes there, and it was a real shame that uh, that that Ferrari couldn't hold on to that front row lockout. But 
I guess that's a bit of a a subplot to their season. We know how good that car has been. We know how fast that car has been at times, but all the strategy and bad decisions making aside is I think to get the speed out of that car time, I think they've just been pushing it right to the edge of the envelope. And I mean, how many different uh, components and gearboxes and, you know, how many new bits have gone under this car and, and grid penalties have they taken because of it? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been pr- pretty uh, tumultuous, eh? To say, to say the least, really. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's all about at this point moving forward, building on the car for next season. And they obviously have a really, you know, they have a decent piece of equipment there to to really build upon, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And I think that uh, that must be the, the the one thing that we have to take away from this year is that although when we go back and look in the record books, it's going to be Max won at least 13 races. He won the drivers, they won the constructors, but there is this, this, this uh, you know, this asterisk almost that Ferrari almost, I don't want to say they made it easy for them, but they, they, they put themselves in a position one way or another and through multiple ways that they just weren't able to prolong that championship fight throughout the first, well, well, throughout the entire season. So I think we take a little bit from that. Plus, I mean, I think anybody that would count Mercedes out of this uh, equation would be extremely unwise because, okay, sure, they haven't won a race yet this year, but there's been some flashes. And the thing is that whenever... And of course, they've been on top for so long. But whenever they've had like these sort of like mini periods of uh, adversity, and when things have gone wrong, they've been able to turn it around. So this is a little bit more fundamental in the design of the car. But I can't count them out. So of course, as these cars evolve and we move forward, I have to think that I'm, or at least I'm hoping on to the hope that 2023 is going to see Ferrari come back where, where they kind of left off earlier this year we'll see a resurgence of mercedes maybe somebody else can step up and if boy if they can do that then we'll be in for for one heck of a 2023 season yeah which i also yeah which i also believe will happen you know i think like by the time we get to the mid 2023 season you know i think we will see three teams you know really battling each other there has been certain points within the season that we've actually gotten to see some glimpses of it. One of those times, obviously being here for the U S Grand Prix. And I think like at the end of the day, I mean, that's good for formula one. And I think it points in the direction that, you know, the regulation, the cost cap, you know, these things are obviously really working for everyone's, you know, favor because, you know, they had over 400,000 people here this weekend daily. And amazing. Amazing. I, you know, I've never seen this, uh, this place that packed before in the appetite for Formula One over here. So you have to make sure that the, the on-track product is, is good because, you know, I was speaking with a fan on Saturday and they came just for uh, the qualifying and they paid $500 just for a ticket. Wow. Wow. And, the thing is, and that U.S. dollars, right? And so the thing is, is that you have to make sure that, yes, you have, uh, you know, your your Netflix show, which is um, doing its thing, but also showing you behind the curtain, behind the scenes, what's going on. But at the same time, you have to make sure that the on-track product is going to be 
is going to be good. You've captured the American audience. You want to grow the American audience. And I think by making sure that this on-track product goes the way you want it to is going to be crucial. And I think we saw like a glimpse of it so far this season. Like there has been some races where you're just like, oh, wow, there's actually like three possible teams in contention mm-hmm. uh, for, a, for a win here. This is great. I think as these things keep moving along, we're, we're going to see more of that, and it's just going to become even more competitive. And now, then you got to worry about those teams in the back, right, Daly? Because it's like you want them to also start to move forward and get into the fight uh, as well. And, you know, there's Absolutely. other things that we can, yeah, and there's other things we can get into a little bit later with MoneyGram and Haas and some sponsorship signings that um, that are quite interesting that are going to help. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it's making sure that I think that on-track product is is great. And, obviously, we you have to have, you have to make sure Ferrari's great, too, at the end of the day, right? True. And the thing that uh, that, that I really noticed uh, watching the race over the weekend was just how the like the crowd was reacting. And it wasn't just cheering for the sake of cheering. I mean, the thing is, you have like a lot of new fans that have come into the sport over the past couple of years because of uh, Drive to Survive and things like that. And I'm really impressed at how quickly that these, these this new generation of fan have really come to appreciate some of the finer points. And I thought it was really interesting that like during the race on Sunday, that when we saw some of this, like the different things happening on the track, just the amount of volume, like as you had like the different groups of fans cheering for their their team or their car or their driver, whatever it was, you know, obviously every time Checo made uh, a maneuver, made made something stick. Of course, you had all the Mexican fans cheering every time that 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 little dice that um, that uh, Charles and Max had where Max got him into turn one. And Charles had passed him again. Just the the, the crowd reaction was just uh, great to hear. You know the the excitement and uh, and everything was just uh, was really really cool. And just the reactions too. Like uh, when we saw, I guess when it was about lap twenty four twenty five, that uh, incident between. Well, I guess it was more than an incident uh, between uh, Lance and Fernando, which uh, looked uh, pretty spectacular when uh, you know Fernando went over the left rear of um, uh, Lance's car and. You know, just the the reaction that you could hear because say, uh, you know, I, at one point I was listening with the uh, with the AirPods in, and you get that that extra, uh, you know, dimension of sound that uh, that you don't get otherwise. And just hearing like the, the the stuff that the mics are picking up around the circuit, you know, the reactions the fan is pretty cool. Yeah, being in the media center, it was crazy because we were because the media center here is basically at pit in, and you, you could actually like hear the the fans like. Down, down, down the straightaway, down the start finish straightaway, in the media center, which is crazy, which shows you like just how loud everybody was was getting here at the at the race. It was absolutely like incredible. There was um, I was walking through the I was walking through the paddock, and uh, <laughs> there's uh there's there's the um, uh the VIP suites which are just above the garages, and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. fans, yeah, fans hang over. Uh, the side and cheer at all the drivers as they come out of hospitality or uh, they do interviews at the back of the garage, which is the back of the VIP suites, which, you know, people hang out around there and it's, and it's great. I was walking down the paddock after I think it was qualifying. (laughs) Oh wait, no, sorry. It was Friday after Friday free practice two. (laughs) There was, there was a fan who had, 
like Jerry rigged a I think it was a Red Bull jersey onto a piece of string and <laughs> lowered the jersey like down right behind Sergio Perez uh, when he was doing an interview with all the media. And they were like yelling at him like to sign it. And they're like, they're like, check out, check. And they're yelling at him and they've got this thing on a string. And they're pulling this shirt all up and around. And it's hitting Sergio. He's trying to do an interview. Oh, man. It's, it was awesome. It was so hilarious. I've never seen anything like that before at a Grand Prix. It was great. I absolutely loved it. And That's um, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was really cool, man. It was really cool. Passion. Drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the U.S. Grand Prix at, uh, in, in Austin there, so you really sort of take it on this sort of like almost a festival event kind of uh, vibe, if you want to call it that, over the last uh, couple of years. And, you know, it, it certainly helps when the racing is good as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Do you want to talk about the race or do you want to stick with qualifying? We haven't really talked about either. <laughs> we haven't really talked about either, but let, let's, uh, I mean, let, let's just talk about the race. <clears throat> Excuse me, because there was certainly a lot going on there. Uh, like we say, we had that first corner incident uh, between uh, George Russell and, and and Carlos Sainz, and then he goes out with a water pump. I think uh, something was damaged in the radiator because of that mm-hmm. um, that incident. So Carlos, unfortunately, he retires by, by the end of lap one. Max is already starting to pull away, and it just looks like he's going to just walk this one for the rest of the the afternoon, right? And then, so you have uh, Valtteri Bottas. He parks it in the gravel. I think it was about lap 18 or something like the safety car comes out. And it was interesting, too, because the way that everybody had kind of gone in, some of the front runners had already gone in for their pit stops, cha- changed the tires, and then they were supposed to kind of like bring in the, uh, the rest. But then you have, uh, you know, the, the safety car and a couple of cars get a free pit stop. And that kind of changes things up a little bit. Yeah, big time. And, you know, that really changed the whole dynamic of this entire uh, this entire race, which was which was great. I mean, I think like at the end of the day, you know, that um, left things open really well for Mercedes. And obviously, you know, they, they capitalized on it. It was interesting to you know, see Lewis go on to the hard tire. I mean, 
Um, no one really wanted to go anywhere near that soft tire for, for, for the race. Like it was just, it was so bad. And you wouldn't think that the medium would have uh, held up or lasted as, as long as it did. Um, but I think like at the end of the day, like I just, I just wondered, you know, with Mercedes putting Lewis out on that hard tire at the end, like it's just because there was what there was a one lap difference between, I think it was Hamilton's hard compound tire and Verstappen's medium compound tire. I believe it, believe it was that. But I think like, you know, Verstappen did just such a great job of keeping that medium tire alive in that second stint of his. And it was so important, right? And I think like, you know, you're battling with Charles Leclerc and it's not taking any life out of the tire. And then you would think it would because that's usually the way these tires, you know, operate. They have a very high peak. Once you get that peak, then there's a big, there's a pretty big drop off. And so for Verstappen, I think having done what he did in that, in that second stint, and drove as well as he did. I mean, because you know, hearing from Total Wolf afterwards, I mean, they thought they were gonna, they thought they had a good shot of winning this race. They really did. Max actually just drove extremely well um, in that second in that second stint. But yes, obviously, I'm getting away from uh, the, the the safety car uh, period when that when that came out. But um, yeah, then you've got everything that happened with uh, you know Lance and and Fernando um, on the on the restart there, and you know that's. You know, spoke with Lance afterwards, and you know he felt that he did move his, leave his move a little too late, but he also felt that you know Fernando was traveling just way too close to him, and yeah, he did yeah. leave him he did leave him enough room on the left hand side. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Lance uh, did leave uh, Fernando a lot of room there, or enough room, because that that straightaway is fairly wide. However, Fernando was already committed when Lance went to make his one uh, defensive move, and it was just incredible. I mean, by the time that he moved, I mean it was it was like one of those things that even though it happened in the blink of an eye, you could kind of see it happening in in slow motion when when you're watching it real times. So it's like, uh oh, this is not going to be good. But it was amazing because, like, Fernando, he goes over the left rear tire of Lance's car. And then, you know, that sort of sets off uh, Lance. And, you know, I love, like, Lance on the radio. He's like, I crashed, <laughs> you know, was, was his response. And that, but that was potentially a very scary moment because, like, the way that the nose on Fernando's, like, Alpine just hung up there for, like, a second or two before it came crashing back down. And then, you know, he kind of goes and hits the barrier there and comes to a rest. Like, I, I was just like watching that. I'm like, oh, my God, is he going to is, is this gonna, car going to go like nose over tail? Is he going to go completely airborne here or what? And it was uh, potentially a very scary moment. But then after it was all said and done, I'm just like, OK, well, that's Fernando's afternoon you know, over and done with. But amazingly, I mean, he goes back into the pits. They give him a new nose and he finishes the race minus a mirror. But we'll, we'll get to that uh, in a little bit here but that was a uh, potentially a very very scary moment that was uh was well disaster obviously was 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 averted and just just amazing that these cars that are so brittle are also at times very resilient i i just couldn't believe that fernando hung on the way that he did one of the things that i think obviously is a shame like with all of this is is the amount of points that you know aston martin lost from yeah. this entire this entire weekend 
because you know Lance actually was doing you know really well this weekend. A great qualifying. His performances actually lately have been really solid, um, and I think they're just really starting to figure out uh, you know this car and sitting down and you know speaking with him throughout the weekend and you know just hearing about like how it was a bit of you know it was a bit of a struggle at the beginning of the season, but then by the time he felt coming out of the summer break, they've just been really nailing things in terms of not only the upgrades they're bringing to the car, but also his driving. Like he's, he's done really well. He's outpaced Seb, you know, quite a bit. Um, the two of them are really pushing each other and, and it's not like Seb's taking it easy. Seb's like giving this thing, everything he's got because, you know, he knows it's coming to an end. So for himself, he's literally leaving it all on the table. And so, I think for I think for Lance, you know, having Seb as that teammate has been a great learning opportunity for him. But at the same time, you know, he's really taken everything that he's learned over the past few years and he's put it into this back half of of the season. I mean, the car was a was a handful for him at the beginning of the season. It was a handful for for Seb as well, and they really struggled with it. But they've done really well as a team to come from the back of the grid up to you know fighting p3 at one point or fighting in the points now consistently and also getting themselves up into seventh in the constructor standings and they're battling you know alfa romeo who you know obviously has uh turned things up a bit here towards towards the end um and i think getting on to finishing sixth in the constructors if they can accomplish that which is turning out to be the goal here that's a lot of money they're going to be making at the end of the day, which they can then take and put into next season's race car. And I think for, you know, for, for the team as a whole, this was a, this was a disappointing, obviously disappointing outcome. And they can't really afford to, to, to have not only mistakes from the team, but mistakes from the drivers as well, moving forward. If they really want to get six in the constructors championship. And then obviously I'm not saying anything they don't already know. And yeah, yeah. The thing is, is that, you know, you just, you can't have things like this uh, happen. I mean, you know, they could have had two two cars in the top 10. That's a ton of points. They probably would have vaulted them over Alfa Romeo. So, I mean, it's just, it's been, it was a tough weekend for them. But then you look at the other side, you know, Alonso and Stroll are going to have to be teammates next season. So, we were talking to him <laughs> about that. And, you know, he made mention that he doesn't feel there's going to be any tension between the two of them. At the time that uh, I had heard from him, you know, he hadn't spoken with Fernando. So it's hard to say whether or not he will speak with Fernando. I'm I'm unaware of that at the moment. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, these two are going to have to learn to coexist. And I think the thing is, is with Lance is he's not going to be, he's not going to be pushed around by anybody, right? And I think he knows... Uh, with Fernando coming to the team, like what he's going to, he's going to be up against here. I mean, cause mm-hmm. Fernando is a, Fernando is a, a force of nature daily. <laughs> I can only imagine, you know, like uh, obviously, you know, I, I don't know any of that uh, firsthand, but I mean, at least after the race, Fernando was, he was just saying that he felt that it was a racing incident uh, between the two of them. I mean, Let's just face it. I mean, Lance just reacted a little bit uh, too late. He obviously knew that Fernando was there, and he probably maybe Fernando moved a little bit uh, sooner than, than than Lance was expecting, and he just uh, reacted to that. You just have that natural reaction as a driver that I've got that one move that I can make to defend my position. Maybe he just he reacted too late and reacted a little bit more than he should have, and it uh, you know it it ended up the way that it is. But 
unfortunately, the only thing that uh, that, that was damaged was uh, some bruised egos at that. But like you say, they, Aston Martin had two cars starting in the top 10 on, on Sunday. Lance started fifth and Sebastian started 10th. And then at the end of the day, they only come home with a, with a P7. And like you say, I mean, I mean, Seb, I think that would have been on for a top five. I mean, who knows where Lance would have finished, uh, you know, had he kept going. But at least if uh, they hadn't had that disastrous change with that, was it left front tire there in that last pit stop? He was, you know, I think he lost like 30 seconds from that pit stop. I think he was stationary for 15, 16 seconds. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's like almost, well, I wouldn't say a quarter of a lap, but uh, it's getting there. I mean, that's a a, fifth of the lap uh, that, uh, that you're stationary. And uh, that that was just tragic. I mean, I don't think he had the pace or the car underneath him to to challenge for a podium. When you look look who who ended up on the podium yesterday, but there was a good haul of points waiting there for Aston Martin. So obviously, like you say, they already know themselves. But it's you know that, that's got to sting when you walk away at the end of the day. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And then obviously we have everything that's going on with Fernando at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Well, there's always something, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I mean, obviously Haas pro- protesting. Uh... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everything that was going on, not only with uh, Red Bull and the black and orange flag, but also the same thing that was happening with uh, Alpine at the same time. And so, you know, Fernando got slapped uh, with a big penalty there last night. And this morning, (laughs) just before we went to uh, 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 start to record, um... You know, both Haas and Alpine have been summoned uh, for a video conference on on Thursday in Mexico daily oh, wow. to, okay. to determine the uh, you know the admissibility of the protest that was lodged by um, by Alpine against the decision of the stewards at the uh, U.S. Grand Prix to find the protest lodged um, by the Haas F1 team as uh, admissible or not. Um, and just to run people through that, Fernando actually got uh, slapped with. Um, uh, 10 second stop and go penalty, which was a uh, essentially a 30 second time penalty, which was applied to him after the race. Uh, and, and that was basically Haas protesting against Alonso. Um, and, uh, obviously the equipment on the car being not functional and why, you know, if they were showing a black and orange flag or whatever it was, and why didn't they, why didn't they have to pit and do everything? So we had some moving and shaking at the end of the, uh, at the at the end of the night, um, and so that dropped Alonso down to fifteenth, and obviously Otmar is going to want to challenge that, right? I mean, these guys are in a pretty tight, yeah, yeah, they're tight tight battle with with McLaren. Lando had a really great race too, captured some 
catch some points there for McLaren as well, which is important. So, um, I mean, obviously, you know, we'll get more on this Thursday as the, as this story, um, develops, but, um, I know we don't have a lot of time here. So, uh, do you want to, do we want to jump forward and start talking about, uh, Lewis and, in Max towards the end there? Yeah, just, just a, a couple things briefly, just to, to wrap that up. Uh, not only did uh, Fernando get that uh, that thirty second uh, penalty, dropped him down to fifteenth. Um, Lance was given a three grid uh, penalty for Mexico mm-hmm. next weekend uh, because of his uh, you know altercation. Let's call it that with uh, Fernando in that uh, that accident. But then also just the, the the reason I think we should just uh, give a little bit of clarification for Gunther Steiner and Haas's uh, protest was. Um, Gunther basically said he wanted it's basically consistency from the FIA mm-hmm. because he feels that sometimes the stewards are letting these things go and other times yes. they're enforcing them. He said it wasn't so much a uh, you know like taking a shot at uh, at Alpine or Fernando, but it's just you know convenient in this place, but or at this uh, point in time. Anyhow, I know uh, you know the, the 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 plane is basically sitting on the tarmac there at the airport, so let's move this thing <laughs> along. We have to talk about uh, Max and Lewis because that was kind of. That's the battle that we've uh, basically everybody's wanted to see all year, and we've we've been denied it in large part because there's been such a gap between Red Bull and such a, and, and Mercedes that we, we just haven't seen it. So it was it was good, but it was interesting too, just the the different tires and just the pace. And again, when you just watch Max and that that Red Bull and that Honda engine, th- that package of those three things. It's just like not even not even Lewis can touch that this year because Lewis is Lewis, but the you know the engine is good obviously in the Mercedes, but the car isn't quite the same. So he's only got two of the th- three things that Max has basically, and uh, it was it was it was just unfortunately uh, you know for Lewis fans a question of when and not if. But yeah. you know all credit to him. I mean he 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 fought him hard, and it's interesting. You were saying that Toto and, and Mercedes feel like they had a legit shot to win this race at one point. Yeah, sitting down, speaking with him uh, after the race, you know, we all were in the room with him and, you know, essentially felt that, you know, there was at a point where, you know, they were in contention, he felt, you know, for a win. Um, I just think, like I had said earlier, that just Max just did such a great job on that second stint just to keep the medium alive and have enough rubber left to to go after Lewis. But it was interesting because, like, once we got towards the last two to three, you know, laps, Mag the, the the medium didn't fall off, but the hard compound fell off on Lewis, and I just I found that really interesting. Yeah, because you know it's funny you should say that because there was that one you know a Max over the comms there at one point when he was on the hard tires, like he radioed back to the pits and said, you know this 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 compound it really isn't anything great, but it's not really anything bad. You know it's just like it's nothing really spectacular. Is basically he was saying the tire was. Meh, it's okay. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, but the, Maxi did a, a great job, like you said, in that stint to really manage the tires. And it's it's funny when I've been watching Max this season and just you know watch the precision with which he's driving, the way that he's driving. You know, it just really reminds me that um, you know of all those championships uh, with, with Lou. It just looks like the car is like on a rail, like the the you know the drivers in sync with the car. The car is functioning good, but it was interesting too because uh, both of them got the black and white flag for exceeding the uh like the track limits a couple times max was you know i think pretty close to to getting a penalty and so was lewis so they they both kind of backed off but 
you know, okay, sure, the Red Bull might have had that little bit of an advantage over the Mercedes, but these were two guys that were pushing those cars to the absolute limit. You know, Lewis was was pushing and fighting as hard as he could to stay in front of Max and then to try and catch Max. But at the same time, Max was pushing his car equally as hard to, to, to catch Lewis and pass him and then stay in front of him. So I think that, uh, you know, that that's maybe something that we're overlooking a little bit uh, almost is that 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 was, uh, you know, just a reflection of both of them just pushing is like literally mm-hmm. to the, you know, the, the the absolute limits of the track to, to, to stay in front of or, you know, try and defend that position. It was it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, absolutely. It's just I mean, the, the storyline, obviously, for Red Bull, you know, after Saturday night with, you know, the news of Dieter Match just passing away and yeah. You know, I headed down there on Saturday night and, you know, to see Christian Horner and like he was absolutely devastated. And so was mm-hmm. Max. Like they both were. So, I mean, you know, sad definitely in the in the paddock because of what, you know, Dieter brought to the sport and the opportunities he gave to so many uh, team personnel and, and drivers within Formula One. And, you know, you can't, um, you, you just can't, say like how much that affects people because a lot of us just don't even know but being in the paddock it's it was crazy it just felt like all the oxygen just got sucked right out of it on saturday night and so you know sunday it was you know you knew that even though red bull had a quick car yes but you know mercedes was no slouch on Mm -hmm. on sunday either you know max was like really good in that final stint i just can't keep you know emphasizing that um yeah yeah but yeah you know good story obviously um, for, for the team in capturing the constructors championship, but, you know, I guess also, you know, Max getting that win and, and the team dedicating everything to Dieter at the, at the end of the day, it was just uh pretty classy stuff. And they, even, even the, uh, you know, the yeah. even everything that happened at the beginning of the race, again, you know, the, 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 the moment of clapping there for, for Dieter, it's just, you know, classy stuff. It was, it was good. It, it was really, it was handled really well. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it's a shame, obviously, for, you know, Lewis at the end of the day when we look at the racing because, you know, he hasn't scored that win yet this season. And, you know, there may be a, t- a chance, I think, once they get to once they get to Brazil for him to for him to lock something down. But, uh, but yeah, I wish I could go more into detail with everything. But again, I have to get running. So <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we like uh, we put something out before. Yeah, you know, before the race in Mexico. So, uh, oh, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a lot more to say, but I had to run. Oh well, we'll, we'll catch up at uh, some point. <laughs> I just wanted to close with a couple of thoughts. You know, just on uh, Dieter Matischitz. Uh, you know, obviously very tragic, and uh, you know, but uh, I, I likened it a lot to when we lost Nikki Lauda last year for Mercedes. And I think the reason why maybe the whole Nikki Lauda's, uh, you know, when, when Nikki passed, got a lot more headlines. Nicky was around all the time. He yes. was he was in the media. He was on TV. He was at all the races. And Matichitz, at least in recent years, was a lot more, you know, behind the scenes, a little bit, uh, not quite as uh, prominent uh, as Nicky was. So, a fitting way, and I, I just can't, or you know, a fitting way for them to pay tribute to to the man that uh, has had a profound impact and influence on Formula One and other sports as well. It's just a really amazing uh, what what Red Bull has done. But I can't help but thinking, Tim, before I let you go, that. <clears throat> 
in addition to to paying a tribute to, to Mateschitz, that, that Red Bull and Christian Horner, they must be feeling that this is kind of the closing of a circle, that that uh, that is uh, that all these loose threads that have been hanging since 2013, since they last won a, you know, championships and the constructors and drivers when when Sebastian uh, Vettel and Red Bull were on the on the top of the world. So uh, certainly very interesting. And we still have four, four races to go, which, uh, you know, will still have some implications, of course, in the, uh, the other parts of the driver's set championship i'll just uh, read out a couple of them here max obviously crown world champion with 391 you got charles leclerc and sergio perez only two points apart charles now is 267 sergio with 265 you got george russell and carlos Sainz uh, rounding out uh, the top five uh, carlos is only 16 points behind george so there's an opportunity for him to do something there and then of course in the constructors red bull crowned the constructors champions for this year with 656 ferrari mercedes alpine and mclaren round out the top five and there's only six points between mclaren and alpine so pretty tight and then just very quickly i'll just run down the uh, final race classification at the u.s grand prix at uh, circuit of the americas and I'm looking at the the wrong one here. That was qualifying. So here we go. Make sure I get out on, you know, finish the show on a strong note. Got Max Verstappen winning. Lewis Hamilton second for Mercedes. Charles Leclerc, great recovery drive after starting 12th. He finishes third to get on the podium. Sergio Perez fourth. George Russell fifth, which was probably disappointing, but not quite as bad as for a race that basically started as about as bad as it could. Lando Norris finishing sixth, which was a very, very impressive drive. Uh, for him sebastian vettel also equally impressive for the aston martin driver he finishes seventh kevin magnuson the Haas driver finishing eighth yuki sonoda and esteban Aka rounding out the top 10 so tim i know uh the i can hear your boarding call in the background before you go and grab your suitcase and run onto the plane just remind everyone where they can follow you online and where they can get the racing pod yeah, thanks very much again. This has been a lot of fun. Sorry to everyone, I've uh, got got a split, but we'll we will be back later on this week for a uh, setup pod for the uh, Mexico Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, I'm Tim Haraney. If you want any more from me, you can get me on social media at Tim Haraney. If you want any more TSN Racing Pod, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Head on over to Spotify, give us a five star rating and a follow. Same thing with Apple Podcasts. You can give us a rating over there and and uh and subscribe that would be incredible we have interviews coming with uh alex polo i sat down with him um during the uh, u.s grand prix same with uh juan manuel correa sat down with him as well and a few other drivers and we'll be loading those up onto the tsn racing pod in the next few weeks so you keep your eyes peeled for that daily thanks again brother for doing this appreciate it let everyone know where they can find you and what you got going on so uh, we got our weekly show coming up here on thursday night Uh, podcast is available on friday morning but you can also check out our youtube channel scuderia f1 and uh, we live stream all those shows and then we'll be back after the mexican grand prix as well you can find us on social media at scuderia f1 pod and also you can drop us an email at scuderia f1 pod at gmail.com and that's all I got, brother. Great to, to talk to you. Enjoy your trip back from the Lone Star State. And uh, hopefully, I, I bet it's not going to be quite as warm by the time you get back to T.O., no. but <laughs> I guess <laughs> we're in that time of year. It looked nice and warm and sunny in Texas. So there, there's at least that. All right. Thanks again, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care. That's uh, Mark Daly and Tim Haraney signing off. Bye for now. <laughs>